differently tonight reagan is dealing with uh, a very sore throat uh reagan um i'll let you comment on that very briefly because of your sore throat <laughs> yeah well um i don't know I, i've been dealing with some sore uh some tightness in my throat um as you all know i i, I preach and the last few days i've really been battling this this tight throat and uh i preached on wednesday night preached for about 35 minutes and when I got done uh, I, I had worn it out completely um, it hurt yeah. it hurt to swallow my spit um, so I haven't eaten much lately and I, I've been trying to talk as little as possible so um, we're gonna apologize where we're gonna try and do this um, <laughs> somehow some way but We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. So I'll I'll kind of lead conversation here. I'll bring Reagan in whenever we uh, want to ask him a question and get his take on certain things. Um, this is a pre-recorded video. We typically go live, uh, but because Reagan is dealing with this uh, soreness, we will release this at 3 p.m. on a Friday. So if you're watching now uh, at 3 p.m. on Friday, Welcome to the show. We will not be able to uh, get to your comments because this is a pre-recorded uh, video. So, uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to do that. But we are excited to get into this weekend and what is uh, to become of this weekend with some really, really big games for LSU. Obviously, LSU and baseball will begin SEC play against Texas A&M. And obviously, the girls in basketball will begin the NCAA tournament with a home game against Hawaii. But first, Reagan, let's talk about the game against UNO on Tuesday night. Uh, kind of started slow. Um, you know, LSU, as we know, has struggled with left-handed pitchers, and we've seen that in the past. We've seen them struggle with left-handers that throw, you know, not really hard at all, you know, like high 70s, low 80s, and they struggled. But this pitcher for UNO was – a left-handed uh, pitcher, and he threw around low 90s. Uh, and LSU really struggled with him early um, to to be able to locate uh, his pitches and 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 get a and get a good bat on him. Uh, but eventually broke through and ultimately just completely dominated this game. The pitching, as always, was phenomenal. Another shutout for LSU, which lead, continues to lead the country in shutouts. Reagan, what was your take on the game this past Tuesday versus UNO? 
I really thought it was a great game um, going into SEC play. Um, it, it was a challenge. I mean, UNO is a great team. Um, so you saw uh, somewhat of a pitcher's battle uh, for a little bit. Um, and I was really pleased with what I saw out of LSU's pitchers. I was glad that Chase Shores got the start. That's, that's who I really wanted to start. Um, cause I want him to, I mean, ultimately Chase Shores is going to be a starter, a weekend rotation guy, uh, at LSU in his career. Um, so I want him to, to continue and, and progress in that, in that role. Um, I think they had him on some, somewhat of a limit. Um, and he did well and, and man, Garrett Edwards continues to prove how valuable he is out of the pen. Um, just, I mean, just awesome awesome stuff from from Garrett Edwards and, and he's going to be crucial to to this pitching staff this year um especially come SEC play you know SEC time um when you need a guy to extend you know Garrett's done that before um and, you know let, let's say uh you know on Saturday let's say Ty Floyd you know has like a rough start and and can't really get going and you know we're in a you know, we're down, say, four to two. You need a guy to come in in the third inning because Ty Floyd just ain't got it, you know. Garrett Edwards is one of those guys you can turn to in the SEC, um, and, and he's going to be crucial uh, in postseason play. Um, so I, I really, really like what I saw out of Garrett on Tuesday night because he continues to be uh, um, really impressive. So that was the highlight of, of, of I think, the whole game. Um, and Zach, I don't know if you were listening to the commentating or, or not, but, um, they were talking about how many runs LSU scores each inning and that like the sixth run is, is the, yeah. most, the sixth inning is, is where we score the most. And that's really when we broke out, yep. uh, and, and really grew our lead. Hopefully we can continue to score runs in the sixth inning. Cause you keep, I for mean, sure you, you do that in the SEC play, Zach, the run rule is now in effect in SEC play. Um, so, so if you say you score some runs early in the game, one through five, and then you have a breakout inning in the sixth, you're poised to, you know, really win that game, game early. Yeah, you can end the game early. So, um, I, I really like to see that trend continue into SEC play as well. Yeah, and it was crazy to see those stats, bro. Like <laughs> already, I mean, just the fifth inning alone blew my mind. Like they had, they are, I think they've had thirty runs in the fifth inning, and it's like near. 50 runs in the sixth inning, which is just absurd. Yeah. So, obviously, those middle innings is where LSU is having a lot of success. And I think that's really, really good for this team because, you know, you want to be able to head into the later innings and be thinking, okay, let's let's end this. Let's bring in some guy. you know, if, if, I mean, if your start is going well, then, you know, you can be comfortable with potentially bringing in a closer and, and finishing out the game. You know, especially if in the fifth and the sixth inning, they're stacking on runs. So um, not just the stat that of the amount of points that they are putting up in the fifth and the sixth inning, but that it is in the fifth and the sixth inning at that stage in the ball game, um, in the, these ball games that they've been playing is even more massive to me um, because that's when you want to score runs um, because then you're able to put teams away later um you know if you're scoring runs early 
and then you're not able to score in the later innings, when that opens up the door for the other team to come back and potentially beat you, you know, and and I I know, I know we love these games, but if you're not scoring till later, well, then you're really pinching yourself off and you're making to where there's so much less room for error and you just got to come up with clutch hits in the end. It puts a lot, it takes, or I should say, it takes off a lot of stress off the pitching staff and the hitters whenever they're going back up to bat in the eighth and the seventh and the ninth. Um, whenever you have done what you have done this season in the fifth and the sixth, everybody's more relaxed, everybody's more calm. You can play better baseball, right? And that, so yeah, I agree. Um, that was very interesting to hear from this past game uh, on Tuesday versus UNO. And yeah, LSU struggled a little bit. Um, Bear Jones, you know, wasn't as, uh, you know, insane as he was this weekend. Uh, we still did not see Beloso. We, what was interesting, though, Reagan, is we did see Alex Malazzo get a start over Brady Neal. Um, and I got to be honest, Reagan, I know last year I was not the biggest Malazzo fan, but, you know, somebody we also saw in Tuesday's game was Hayden Travinsky, another catcher that has seen very limited action. And look, Brady Neal's kind of taking a slump here. So I want to get your opinion on this. Do you think that Alex Malazzo and Hayden Travinsky, I mean, and strictly it's strictly based on their performance Tuesday night, so not a not a whole lot to pull from. But look, Alex Malazzo's he's hitting pretty good right now. I want to say he's hitting above 400 right now in the season. I understand that's very limited at bats, um, and I understand he's had a couple of bunts that have gone his way this season uh, with errors. But look, I think Alex Malazzo and Hayden Dravinsky kind of made a statement or at least put, you know, a question back in, in the mind of Jay Johnson. Maybe should I should I look at these guys potentially getting more time? Uh, maybe some more starts uh, at the catcher position with Brady on a slump right now. What do you think about that, Reagan? Well, um, I would say Travinsky is is going to be a backup uh, probably the whole season. Um, Malazzo is what is interesting. Um, you're right. Um, he's been hitting a lot better. Um, and, and unfortunately, last year we didn't get to see too much of this, but they worked really hard with him uh, in the offseason before last season to hit to all fields um, because he was just a dead pull hitter. Um, you know, and, and teams would shift on him and, and you know, he'd be out just about every other time with a ground ball to shortstop or the third. Um, and you're seeing him, uh, the, the, the fruits of his labor, uh, he's hitting to the opposite field most of the time. I mean, he was hitting right center. Uh, almost, I think, all of his hits went out there. I think he had two Tuesday night, and they both went out to right center field. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and and – Guys, Malazzo is elite defensively. I mean, let's be honest. He's better than Brady Neal is defensively. Um, so if the back continues to roll, then yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you have a, a um, somewhat of a competition there. And, and Jay Johnson's yeah. made that very clear that that Alex is going to play a crucial role in this team, and he's going to continue to play, and he's going to continue to see at bats. Um, so if that continues to happen, you may see him get more starts. I, 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 I don't see why not. You know what I mean? Now, look, Brady Neal is, has been solid behind the plate. 
That's no knock on him. And he has great, great discipline um, whenever he's batting um, for as young as he is. I mean, the dude should be a high school senior this year. Um, and, and he's playing Division One baseball starting as LSU's catcher. And he's going up there and he's battling in, in deep counts and running pitchers counts up, and, and he does a great job. So it, it is going to be really interesting uh, to see how the catcher position continues to play out because there's positives to both of them. There really is. And, um, um, I mean, if Malazzo keeps hitting, I, I don't see why not because his defense is just so, so, so good. I went back and watched the other day, Zach, um, some some replays of – the tw- uh, of pulmonary's last season it was the oregon uh games um in the regional and dude malazzo watching him throw guys out is just impressive you just don't run on him you just don't yeah i mean he literally in one of the oregon games when i was watching it threw out four guys four guys they, they tried to steal four times he threw all four of them out it was it was really impressive um, and it was super easy. So to have that behind the plate is, you know, is is super nice in SEC play. So if he's if he's gonna put the the bat to the ball, you know, I shoot. Well, I mean, I don't see why not. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, right, right now, now, looking at their stats right now, Alex Malazzo is hitting four hundred on the season. Yeah. Hey, Dravinsky's hitting five hundred on the season. Yeah. So and then. To mention a player that we've talked about a lot, Cade Beloso, he's hitting 467. And he's got he's gotten 15 at bats. Cade Beloso's gotten 15 at bats. Alex Malazzo's gotten 15 at bats. Hendravinsky, not as much. He's gotten six. But and another guy we mentioned, Ethan Frey, he's got 12 at bats and he's hitting 333. And yeah. you know, you look at guys like Braden Joe Bear and Brady Neal and Ben Napolt. And, you know, those guys have struggled a little bit. You know, it's it's curious to me, you know, getting into SEC play, do we see a change? Are we are we going to continue to see Braden Bear in left field? Uh, or do they switch some things up and try to get Ethan Frey in there? You saw it uh, against NOLA. Interesting enough, they put Paxton Kling in left. Cruz in center, and then Ethan Frey in right, which we had not seen at all this season, trying to do some things different, trying to see if we could get uh, some more consistent hitters in the lineup. And I want to see that. I, I believe I, – I don't I don't know why I am continuing to say this, but, I mean, you know, why why not continue to ride the hot hand until it's cold? Kate Belosa sitting 467. He's hitting 467. Brain Joe Bear's hitting 250. Ride the hot hand. Ride the hot hand. And Kay Beloso gets on base. Brain Joe Bear is a lot of swing and miss. And Kay Beloso will get you hits and he'll draw you walks and he'll get hit by pitch. Like, I don't, I, I understand why they want Brain Joe Bear in the lineup because he's got the pop, right? He hits He's got 18 home runs from last season. But, look, we can't, we can't forget that K. Beloso has the pop, too, right? I mean, he has two home runs on the season and very limited at-bats. So, I, I'm i not sure why there is a little bit of a hesitancy there with K. Beloso. I really, really want to see 
Um, then put Cade Beloso at the DH spot or at first base, J- uh, Jared Jones, vice versa, and put Trey Morgan back in left field. I really want to see that, or or in him and right, or whatever. Um, I would assume to be left because that's where he was when he was in the outfield. So I don't understand that fully, but you know, I mean, that's you know, Jay Johnson. That's that's the decisions that he have made. And, you know, apparently he wants to stick with Braden Jobert and he wants to stick with Brady Neal. We'll see what happens on Friday. Will they change the lineup? We'll see. You know, I would personally love to see Cade Beloso at DH, Jared Jones at first, Trey in left, and then potentially Malazzo at catcher to start this series and see what happens, Um, or at least on Friday. Look, and it – it, it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, say you go out there and you win the series on Friday and Saturday. You, you, who's to say you can't go – you put Brady Neal in there on Sunday and Braden Joe Bear on there on Sunday. That's that's fine. Like, you don't have to have the same lineup, obviously, uh, all three days. But I think you need to put out the best offensive lineup that you have. And look – I. I and I say that, you know, like I almost like I'm nitpicking because this offense is phenomenal. They've been hitting the cover off the ball. It really doesn't matter as long as you got Dylan Cruz, Paxton Clean, Gavin Dugas, Tommy White, Jared Jones, Trey Morgan in there. Like they've been they've been hitting great. I mean, all those guys are all hitting over 300. Uh, the one through six is hitting above 300 right now. Dylan Cruz is hitting 519. Absurd. Paxton Clean is hitting 425. Gavin Dugas is hitting 408. Jared Jones, 340. Trey Morgan, 314. Like, the guys are popping off, right? The only guy that you're going to leave in the lineup that's not hitting that, – that you're truly going to leave in the lineup because you're not moving those – you're not moving six guys, right? Uh, or I should say seven. There's seven guys – or I should say six. Yeah, there's six guys you're not touching. You're not touching Dylan Cruz. You're not t- touching Paxton Kling. You're not touching Gavin Dugas. You're not touching Tommy White. You're not touching Jared Jones. You're not touching Trey Morgan. I guess I should say seven. Uh, you're not touching Jordan Thompson. The only player out of those seven right now that um, is not hitting above 300 is Jordan Thompson. He's hitting 280 right now. Um, So, you know, with those other two, I I would like to see some more flexibility there. I feel like there is a little too much loyalty to – or I should say loyalty to um, Braden Jobert. I'm not saying by any means to just be done with him and put him on the bench, but I think guys like Kay Beloso, Alex Malazzo, and Hadravinsky, and even Ethan Frey have proven themselves a little bit here and probably need more opportunities. What do you, what do you say to all that, Ray? I, I don't know if there is too much loyalty to J- Braden Jobert because, I mean, he didn't start Tuesday. Um, he didn't get the start. I, but I agree with you. I, I I would love to see Trey Morgan back in left field with some form of Beloso and Jones DH first. I really don't care either one, <laughs> but like that, I think I think if you move Trey out to left and bring Beloso into the lineup um, as DH or first, whatever it is, I think that maximizes the potential of your lineup currently. Uh, I think currently that is your your best lineup uh, hitting-wise, offensively. And, and, again, like you said, this may be a little bit nitpicky because we've been – I mean, at this point – we've crushed we, we, baseball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Blake Dean, you know, much respect to you for not putting on the run rule Tuesday night when you very easily could have. You know, I, we, I think that was a little bit of a, you know, Jay Johnson, you know, former LSU ties type thing. I think that was kind of maybe, maybe had something so. to do with that there. Yeah. Maybe so, but I mean, we would have run ruled like for the what fifth straight time or something like that. So, you know, honestly, I'm not too worried about it at this point. If there continues to be a problem or, or when we get to SEC play and face better pitching, if there's like a, a gap in the lineup or, or, or like a sure out, then yeah, I think you need to, to look elsewhere. Um, but I think we're kind of dissecting it a little bit too much at this point because the offense has been phenomenal and, and the pitching has been, uh, I mean, even better. Uh, yeah. As crazy as that to say, as crazy as that is to say, the pitching has been even more impressive. And, Zach, the most impressive thing of the entire team, which does not get mentioned enough, is the fielding. Zach. You are the number one team in the country in fielding with 990 fielding percentage. You are number one. You are tied with Abilene Christian for the best fielding percentage in the entire nation. I mean, what a step up from from last year yeah. to this year. I, I mean, I, I knew it was good, and then I looked it up, and I was like, it's not just good. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, the best all year. We've been hovering like, around like top three, I think, the whole season, right? Yes. So uh, you've committed four errors the whole season. And again, some of them have not even been like bad errors. Like we, we had committed three, and the fourth error was a, a melt shot down the line. I, I mean, a laser beam down to the hot corner at Ben Napolt. And he put his body in front of it uh, and blocked it up. It just bounced off of him, and he didn't have enough time to recover and throw it to first. It really wasn't that bad of an error. I mean, it was just a laser shot sent at him in the hot corner. So you have four errors, and they really aren't even bad errors. I think the only bad error we had, um, I would say maybe Trey Morgan getting a little antsy with that bunt. Riley Cooper's and then Riley Cooper's. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, I mean, the other two really weren't that bad, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, Gavin Gidry was the other one. He had a, he had an awkward bounce, awkward yeah. uh, awkward hop on the ground ball, and then of course you mentioned uh, Ben Napolt's hot shot. Yeah, so that <laughs> I don't think that's been mentioned enough. You're, you're number one in fielding in the country. I mean, yeah. Um, so Zach, I, I guess we should preview kind of transition here. Yeah, uh, to preview in the series a little bit. I mean, LSU wins, gets UNO sixteen to nothing, another blowout victory. And you know, another thing I was really pleased to see is Gavin. You know, had dealt with that eye issue for like a game or two, and he come right back in the lineup and, and picked up right back where he left off. You know, yeah. with another two run home run. <clears throat> so Zach, this weekend. Um, you are going to take a big step up in terms of pitching that you have faced. Um, A&M currently uh, sits at like 18 – it sits at 18 in the nation um, at ERA with a 3.35 ERA. Um, yeah. So a, a huge step up from what you've been seeing. Um, 
I'm, I'm curious as to what you think. Uh, how are the LSU batters going to uh, handle um, this step up in competition? Are, have they been preparing for this? Are they ready for this? Does it do they struggle a little bit at the beginning? I mean, what, how do you think it's going to play out? Well, I mean, compare the Texas A&M <coughs> pitching to what LSU's pitching is doing right now. So, what? what uh, tell me, Reagan, where is LSU's pitching at right now? Texas A&M, yeah. as you said, you said nineteenth in the in the country. They're eighteen, eighteen, and LSU. LSU's number two. Uh, so, at, at yeah. two point two seven. So, guess. So, who has hitters been fa- who has LSU hitters been facing all the off season? That's been, true. The no. number two pitching staff in the country. Right. right. Correct. 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 So they've been facing pitchers that are throwing yeah. upper 90s. They've been facing Paul Skeens, Tyler, uh, Ty Floyd, uh, Thatcher Hurd. Um, who else am I missing? Uh, Christian Little. They've been facing guys that have been throwing elite stuff. I mean, Paul Skeens has elite stuff. Now, how will it look versus SEC pitching or SEC hitting? You know, that's going to be a big question mark, obviously, going into this series, and we'll talk about that here shortly. But regardless, the pitching staff's number two in the country right now, right? And we've been facing the same quality pitching and and type teams and, and hitting that all these other teams in the SEC have been playing. I mean, Texas A&M hasn't played a spectacular schedule, right? Uh, they've played Lamar, just like LSU did. They played Portland. They, I mean, they haven't played a just gauntlet of a schedule. Um, you know, they've been playing subpar teams like LSU has been playing. So what I would say is, yeah, I think they're up to the task because they've been, you know, going against one of the best pitching staffs in the country – only second to uh, Tennessee's just pro ball staff <laughs> right now. Uh, so I have full confidence that LSU is going to hit the ball. Um, now, is it going to be at the quantity and at the level uh, that they have been? No, of course not. You've been you've been playing mid major pitchers that are you know they don't have the same stuff. They don't have the same movement. They don't have the same speed. Uh, they don't have the same ball control that the SEC pitchers do. So is there going to be a drop down in, in batting average? Yes, of course. That's what happens every single year once you get into SEC play. Uh, you know, some guys are going to get hot. Some guys have been in slumps, and maybe they get hot in the SEC. But, I mean, statistically, their numbers are going to drop when once you start beginning to face better pitching. So, yes. Uh, is it going to be tougher? Of course. Do I expect – hitters to absolutely shut this LSU offense down? No, because we haven't really seen it yet. Um, even in the Iowa game, LSU had um, LSU had the chances, right, um, to break open. They just didn't have the clutch hitting. They had the hitting, right, and they had the, on, the players getting on base. The offense was there. They just didn't have the perfect situational hitting. Now, is that a concern for me going to SEC play? You betcha. It's, it's probably one of my biggest concerns. And so maybe we need to talk about, you know, what are some uh, concerns, worries going into this Texas A&M matchup. But for me, Reagan, I would say I, I fully believe that this offense is still going to continue to hum even through the SEC. Now, are you going to have an off night 
you know, have a bad game here and there where you have a really good pitcher, you know, like the Iowa pitcher Brody Breck did and shut you down. Yeah, you probably will. Um, but this offense is going to get theirs. Yeah, and and um, I don't disagree. Um, I, I'm just really excited to see what this lineup can do against the pitching <coughs> of the SEC. Um, in terms of their Friday night guy, he's a good pitcher, but he did um really have to. I'm trying to remember where it was. I think it was the Minute Maid Park, uh, like Shriners Classic. They lost on Friday night, fourteen to five to Louisville. Yeah. Um, Just got so if Louisville on a Friday night, you know their Friday night starter and their Friday night stuff can hang fourteen runs on them. I think LSU's pretty capable of doing it, mm-hmm. um, especially when you know you got Paul Skeens. You got Paul Skeens behind you. Um, it, it really helps. I mean, if you score, Zach, I, I think if you score five runs tomorrow, it's over. I, I think it's wow. over. Like, I, I don't think. I, I'll I don't say think seven. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, right around there, five to seven, I think it's over. I, I don't think they, they put up that much runs. I mean, they played Tuesday night against Houston, and it was two to one in the like eighth inning and they ended up scoring three runs make it look more in the yeah in the top of the eighth or, or the top of the ninth or something like that and they played at houston but it was houston's five and was five and ten on the season you know they're they're five and ten and you go to houston and you're in a one-run ball game in the eighth or ninth inning and they they, they had some clutch hitting um and, and pulled away, but um the offense has been a, a real, real, real struggle for AM, which is surprising, Zach. I thought they had lost more guys than they really had. Um, and I was watching them Tuesday night because we're we're playing on this weekend. So yeah, I wanted to see who they had. They they you know, Jack Moss is still there, Austin Boast is still there, um, Ryan Targnack is still there. Um Jordan Thompson, their center fielder, is still there, which is, you know, obviously hilarious that uh, they have a Jordan Thompson. We have a Jordan Thompson. So that is, I think I just named five guys that started on their team last year that is returned. And Jack Moss was, I mean, incredible last year um, at the plate offensively. Um, so to see them struggle as bad as they have, uh, at the plate has been really surprising. Um, and I think they're in a real rude awakening for this LSU staff this weekend. I think it's going to be a brutal night for them Friday night. I mean, I don't, I don't want to eat my words, but um, I think Paul Skeens is going to have his way with them, honestly. Um, so I think five runs and, and LSU's got Friday night sealed up. So um and that's that's the benefit of having a pitching staff like this. Well, you, you mentioned the pitching staff, and what's insane to me is there is six guys right now that are sub a one ERA, and that is insane. And yeah. some of them are a little surprising. Uh, I mean, you know Paul Skeens, you know Christian Little, you know Garrett Edwards, you know Nate Ackenhausen, understandable. Chase Shores, Griffin Herring, 
Yeah. Um, also among those that are sub one ERA. And then you got some guys that are so, <laughs> you know, a couple guys, Blake Money, Ty Floyd, if, you know, those guys are sub two. Um, you know, you've got some guys that uh, their ERA, I mean, is just insane, extremely low. Uh, now you got a couple guys that have struggled and their their ERAs aren't aren't, aren't great, but you, your main guys that you're seeing as uh, in the starting lineup and, and rotation, and then you know your main bullpen players that have come in and put in and logged a lot of innings, those guys ERAs right now are just insane, and that's why you're the number two team uh, in the country in pitching. So you know it just seems like it is a completely overmatched LSU team against this A&M team. The hitting is there. You know, the pitching that Texas A&M has some good pitching, but they've struggled. I mean, their, their pitching is good, but you, you mentioned, you know, when they've played good teams, the, the pitching hasn't been there. So, you know, is it just a matter of because they've played, you know, low quality opponents or is it, you know, because they're actually really good. I mean, we're going to find that out this weekend. And you also find, you also probably find out a little bit about LSU this weekend, about how much, how good, really good they are. But, and then you look at this pitching staff compared to their hitting. And as you mentioned, you know, they barely had uh, two, two runs in their uh, midweek game versus Houston the other night. And they've really struggled to hit. So it seems like in all and, – and then, of course, LSU is leading the nation in fielding. So already you have – you know, you're better there. So, like, in defense and hitting and pitching in all of those matchups for LSU, check mark, check mark, check mark. You win all of those categories. Yeah. So you are completely um, overmatching this team on paper, right, on paper. But – on paper doesn't matter, right? <laughs> and basically, yeah. um, so now you go to College Station. This is where it really begins, Reagan. Going to College Station, SEC play, on the road. Does LSU get it done this weekend? Do they take two of three? Do they sweep? Um, or are we all shocked and something worse happens? <laughs> Let's hope not. Um, I mean, look. Bluebell Park is a great park. I mean, their fans come out. Uh, they're loud. They're rowdy. I wish LSU uh, event staff would would let LSU fans and students be more like Ole Miss and Texas A&M and Tennessee in terms of the rowdiness at, at the stadium. I, I think right. that uh, some old farts over in Baton Rouge <laughs> need to get their panties out of a wad and and, and uh, you know, you're at a baseball game. I mean, let, let them, you know, have some fun. Uh, you know, don't tell them to be quiet. and Don't tell them to settle down. Like, it's SEC play. Anyways. Um, Yeah, and you also, Zach, I mean, uh, Houston wasn't the only one. You know, they lost the series to Portland at Bluebell Park. Yep. Um, and, and I watched a couple of those games, and, and Zach, Portland had their way, had their way with Texas A&M's bullpen. Um, I, I think um, if you get past their starters, you, A&M's in trouble. I mean, if A&M, I mean, 
if we if we take their starter out Friday night starter out by the third inning, third fourth it's inning, it, it's over. Like it, it is. Uh, I mean, they, the yeah. I mean, I don't want to speak in absolutes, um, <laughs> just because you know when when you step up in play, you know your your other players, other opponents are going to want to step up as well. Um, and look, you're, you're the number one team in the country. We've said this many times now. You're going to get everybody's best. They want to beat you. And Jim Schlossnagel is going to have his team ready to play LSU. But Jim Schlossnagel can only do so much coaching. Uh, they have to do it on the field. They have to do it themselves. And this lineup for LSU is is daunting. And um, – yeah. You know, if 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 you're starting pitchers, if I'm a And M get taken out early, I'm, you know, I'm I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous for for the bullpen because it hasn't been impressive. Um, so I I, I like LSU's chances. I, I think we definitely take two out of three. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we dropped one. Uh, let's say Sunday. Um, but I, honestly, I wouldn't be also, I wouldn't be surprised at all, at all if you if you sweep. Um, my my kind of philosophy when it comes to SEC play is when you go on the road, try and take two out of three, and when you're at home, you go for a sweep, mm-hmm. um, especially with this team, um, especially with this team. But on the road in College Station, if LSU goes gets two out of three, they're fine. They're fine. I mean, they'll, they'll maintain their number one ranking, mm-hmm. and and They'll move forward to to the next week with with uh, Arkansas, right? Arkansas coming into Baton Rouge, but yeah. yes, I do think we take two out of three. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Reagan. Um, and look, I'm usually the more pessimistic one, but I'm kind of feeling confident about this weekend. Bro. <laughs> I I think LSU does sweep this weekend, man. I just I just look awesome. at. I just look and, – and the reason why is I, I really feel like now that LSU has nailed down their starting rotation with Paul Skeens, Ty Floyd, Thatcher Herdman, those guys right now, they are just on lockdown. And obviously with the the six players that I mentioned offensively just hitting hitting the ball, the cover off the ball right now, which is just insane how well they're hitting right now. Like I just have a lot of confidence in this weekend – I want them to go out and I want them to dominate. Uh, now, is it going to be, you know, 26 to four like they have been doing, you know, against some of these teams? No, they're like, you know, you go out there and you win seven to one on Friday night. And, you know, and then on, oh, on Saturday, you go out and you win, you know, eight to four. And then, you know, Sunday, you go out there and you, you put up 10 runs and you beat them 10 to 10 to, Five, ten to two, ten to three, whatever. Like you know, that'd be a really, really great weekend. But I, I got to be honest with you, Reagan. I am so much looking forward to it. Um, I'm so excited. Let's kind of uh, we still got some time here, Reagan. So let's kind of give, I guess, like some predictions on this weekend. Uh, first LSU Tiger to hit a home run this weekend in, in uh, what is it, Blue, Blue Bell? Bluebell Park, yeah, yeah Bluebell Blue Park, Park, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't really care. I do love Bluebell, man. Ice cream is just phenomenal. Um, I will say custard though is better than regular ice cream. Like our family's been eating ice cream for like, I'd take, you know, like generations. Like we are just an ice cream eating family. 
Um, but I got to be honest, custard's better, bro. So maybe it shouldn't be Bluebell Park. Maybe it should be like Freddy's Park or Andy's Park. I, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I don't care what it is. Ice cream, custard, LSU going in there and they're tearing it up. And I think uh, Tommy White hits the first home run because he is hot right now. Man, it, it, I'm, how, how awesome has that been to see his – to see him – come back from his injury. He's, he's tied for first on the team now I with, mean, uh, with of course, Jared Jones. Of course, Jared Jones, you know, had to six of them, right? It's six. Of yeah. Them, right? They both got six. Uh, then Dylan Cruz and Gavin Dugas each have five. So, I mean, four guys right now that are just looking really good. Yeah. I've, I've been so pleased with Tommy white. Um, I hate that the season started the way it did. Cause I feel like he'd already, He'd almost maybe have ten home runs if if, if it wasn't for his injury. Yeah, because um, he didn't play the whole what the whole weekend, and the, I don't think he played the midweek either, did he? Right, correct. And and I think he was back in the lineup that next weekend. Um, but yeah, he he's coming in and and he's doing what what you wanted him to do, you expected him to do. Is look, he hit twenty seven home runs, but his batting average was also like three sixty two last year at NC State. So he's going to be not just a home run hitter, but a consistent hitter, a guy who brings runs in, you know, when you got guys on base. So I've, I've been really pleased with that. Dude, and um, I love his mentality to, to cut you off. Sorry. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Dude, when he, go, when he goes to the plate, like literally in Tuesday night's game, you know, he's still at the plate, and we are just beating the doll crap out of him. 16 he's and trying to knock it out. And he, we've got bases juiced. Two outs, and he is trying to hit the cover off the ball, and then he's pissed at himself when he strikes out. Like he's yeah. pissed. Yeah. So, like, I love that mentality by him. Well, you also see whenever you get, which by the way, I think we lead the country. We probably lead the country in hit by pitch too. Dude, um, we get hit look it up. We you continue, and I'll look it up. We get hit by a pitch. I mean, like at least twice. It feels like every single game. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um. So they've been hit by pitch 44 times this year. What is that? So Dylan Cruz, is, I don't know what it, I don't know if it where it leads at in the country. I'm just looking at LSU stats here, but gotcha. Dylan Cruz has been hit three times. Paxton Kling has been hit hit five. Gavin Dugas six. There's there is one, there is four, four players that have been hit by pitch six times. Gavin Dugas, Tommy White. Uh, Trey Morgan and Jordan Thompson. Okay, so we rank. We're tied for six. That's actually kind of surprising. I thought it'd be tied higher. Six. Paxton uh, Paxton Kling's been hit five times. Uh, Brady Neal three. Braden Jobert two. Ben Napolt two. Cade Belosa's been hit twice. Josh Pearson, Gavin Gidry, and Jack Merrifield have all been hit once. Dude, southeastern Louisiana leads the country. In 17 games, they've been hit by the ball 65 times. Oh, my God. They are, they are hugging times. the plate, bro. They're hugging it. I mean, got to be. Got to be. That's insane. Yeah, we're tied with four teams at 44 for sixth place hit by pitch. I mean, I don't – shoot, keep pegging us. I mean, Zach, that well, is – they're hugging the plate. That's that's, yeah, that's yeah. the Jay Johnson thing. They are oh, they are way, way up in the batter's box, hugging the plate, and it forces pitchers mm-hmm. to put it in there. I mean, they, they got to play it tight. 
uh, or, or they're pitching it outside. You know? That's one thing that I think um, I, we need to talk. Well, it hasn't been mentioned is we're not seeing a lot of solo shots. We're seeing a lot of meaningful home runs, like two, three grand slam type home runs, like yeah. more than just solo shots. Um, and, and that has been what has been really pleasing is like we're hitting it out when there's guys on base. Um, and that that hit by pitch really, you know, if you crowd in the plate, you hit by pitch, man, take it. Because there's a guy in the lineup behind you that surely can hit one out. And they're, and they're getting walked. They're getting <laughs> yeah. walked too. Um, so this this is mind-blowing, just mind-blowing. Dylan Cruz has walked 18 times this year. <laughs> uh, Brady Neal, uh, another reason that probably uh, Jay Johnson has left him in the lineup a yeah, lot. His, his plate discipline is amazing. He's walked 15 times, Yeah, which leads – which is second in, in the uh, – on the team by a lot. The next closest is nine, and that is oh surprising. Jared Jones. That's surprising. That is surprising. Because he's you know he's got the high number of strikeouts, but it's very surprising that he's got the high number of walks as well. Gavin Dugas has got eight. Um oh Jordan Thompson also has nine. And there's a couple guys with seven. Uh Trey, Brayden Jabert, Ben Napolt. So, uh, yeah, their guys are getting on base. They're getting hit by pitch. They're getting walked, and then guys are coming up hitting dingers. Do you do you think like maybe that's a reason why we don't see LSU steal as much? Because oh, Jay, Jay knows guys are going to get on, yeah. but by getting hit and getting walked. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no need to steal with this lineup. There's just no need. But you did, Zach, um, see Tuesday night when when it was kind of we were kind of struggling. You know, you saw the bunts kind of show up with Jay. I don't. I, I'm. I'm trying to remember. They bunted twice. Yeah, they. they bunted twice and, and and it became really successful. I mean, there was one that was thrown wild with Malazzo. Yeah, and ended up scoring two runs. And I, I was I was pretty happy like with the moments he did it because it was like we had been struggling a little bit to to get the ball rolling, mm-hmm. um, and, and to get runs in. And then it was like once that happened the rest of the team kind of fed off of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like the perfect moment to do it. I think Tommy White had already hit his home run. It was three to nothing. But the rest of the team was kind of struggling. And we got those – we laid those bunts and scored some more runs. And it it was like, all right, here we go. You know, then we ended up scoring 16. So, it was like almost an energizer. Uh, I think it was used perfectly. I think it was was timed perfectly and it was the right time to do it. Um, So, if we're going to bunt and do that, uh, I really like the way he did it Tuesday night. His his timing with it was was great. So, tip of the cap to to Jay for that. Do you think Jay tends will, will tend to play a little bit more small ball as we get into SEC play and as as runs are uh, you know less of a premium? I don't think so. I mean, it, I don't. I don't. I really don't think so. Unless you're just really, unless the whole team really just starts struggling to hit the ball. I don't think you see much small ball. I mean, I don't see why you would need to um, with this lineup. I, I really don't. Well, maybe we'll down in the maybe down in the eighth, ninth hole, you're going to see some of that. But, yeah. but I don't. I don't see much of that happening. Well, I mean, if, if you know Ben Napole, if he's in the game, I mean, you know, yeah. you'll probably maybe. see some, 
you know, maybe. and then if if you know, maybe maybe you see some bunts from Jordan Thompson, but like Dylan Cruz ain't bunting. Paxton, no, Pax, and you, and you might see some Paxton Kling, you know, because Paxton Kling's fast, man. Yeah, I mean, he can pretty, get down yeah. the line quickly. Like that's that's something we could use with Paxton Kling is is bunting. So, but like Gavin Dugas, Tommy White, Jared Jones, no need, Trey to. Morgan, you're you're probably not going to see them bunt like at all this season. So you know. Uh, I, I get your point there, but we'll have to wait and see and, and how this offense performs. I'm super excited about about uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we're, as we're recording this, it'll be tonight. Um, so, but also, also on Friday or today, I should say, as we have pre-recorded this, <laughs> is LSU women's basketball in their very first round game versus Hawaii. <laughs> We will get to that and break it down, preview that right after this message. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Saints Anthem and at Twitter at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. All right, we're back, and uh, it's time to get into some college basketball. This Friday, tonight, I should say, for our our viewers that are watching this pre-recorded now live broadcast uh, today. Uh, they're going to play today at 4.30 p.m. Love the timing. Perfect timing. I can get off work, come back uh, to the house, watch the entire second half of LSU women's, just put an absolute beat down on the Rainbow <laughs> Warriors of Hawaii, and then I can click over and watch LSU baseball put beat down on Texas A&M. So we've already talked LSU-Texas A&M plenty. Uh, looking forward to that. But now let's get into LSU women's basketball. Obviously, Reagan, as we have continued to say throughout this entire season, really exciting times for LSU sports. And right now, LSU women's basketball is humming. Obviously, unfortunate loss in the SEC semifinal to Tennessee, especially with the lead that you had. But you've had time to reset, regroup, and now you get to go back to Baton Rouge, you get to have a home game, you get to pack the PMAC out and host uh, Hawaii, the 14th seed, as LSU is the three seed. Look, Reagan, this is kind of crazy to me. I'm not going to lie. Guess how much LSU is favored by? How much? 32 points. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I think 32 is just a little too much. They got a lot of confidence. I don't. I don't disagree with you, but Zach, look, they. I've looked at Hawaii's schedule, and it's just not that tough of a schedule at all, mm-hmm. um, compared to what LSU has played and what LSU yep. has faced, and they've had several tight games with opponents that really aren't that great of opponents. Um, they, they just don't match up well with LSU at all. It's going to be a, a dominant performance. I mean, I they're really, they're really close to 500, very close to 500. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know. Let's be, I'll be honest with you. Probably the only reason that they're in the, that Hawaii is in the tournament is because they won their last five straight games. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, if you, if they don't do that, they're probably hovering right at around 500 and they may not make it in, you know what I mean? So this is, this is the benefit of having a great regular season and getting a high seed. You get a, an, an inferior opponent. But as we have learned today, um, far and well, um, inferior opponents, when March, that calendar, when it turns to March, something happens. Mm-hmm. And, and, and upsets happen way more than they do in a regular season. And so, look, I, I, I fully expect LSU to come out and dominate this game. That's what should be expected. But they better have their act together, and they better come ready to play because anything can happen in March. And these girls aren't just going to come from Hawaii and lay down and die. I mean, you know, they're not just going to come out here and tap out. They're in the tournament. They've made it. They're they're on a five-game win streak, maybe more. And, you know, they're going to come out here and try to prove something. So come out here and shut the door early. Assert physical dominance. You're, you're going to be the bigger team. You're going to be bigger. You're going to be better. So assert yourself and close the book on this one early. That That's really my take on this game. Yeah. Um, and I guess do we, will we have the preview, I guess, uh, a potential round uh uh, 30 round of 32 matchup because yeah, uh, you and LV or Michigan, um, correct, and you'll play also in Baton Rouge as well. Um, I so really what, hope what day would that be on Reagan? I think it would be Saturday. I think yeah. it'd be Saturday. Oh, uh, well, um, no, no, it would, it, it wouldn't be Sunday, Saturday. it wouldn't be Saturday. It, I, it may be a day or two later. I'm not. I'm not sure. They would have to still travel to Baton Rouge. Like Michigan or UNLV, if LSU beats Hawaii tomorrow, would have to still travel to Baton Rouge. Maybe. They may be playing in Baton Rouge. Um, UNLV and and, and then maybe playing at Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not sure. Maybe. I I don't know. I don't remember. Because because whoever, if LSU wins their first game, they have to come to Baton Rouge. So they may already be playing in Baton Rouge. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yes, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I, I really don't know how this honestly all works with the women's tournament, um, in terms of hosting and whatnot. But it would make sense to me that the you know the next destination, you you would already kind of be there playing there. I don't know. There's a lot of hype around this team, Reagan. Uh, and as we mentioned, you know the bracket really lines up well. Oh um, yeah, for them. exciting. So we're the great draw. Great, great draw. draw for LSU. Uh, I understand there was some frustration with the three seed, and we, we verbalized that in the last podcast. But um, overall, great draw for LSU to be uh, on the Indiana side of things, you know, rather than facing Stanford, South Carolina, Iowa, who are just really freaking good right now. Um, so to be able to draw Indiana, I think, is definitely the less uh, the lesser of the evils. So uh, we'll see how it plays out, obviously. It'll all start shortly uh, as we ha- will be releasing this. We're recording it uh, on Thursday night, but this will go live today <laughs> uh, at 3 o'clock on Friday. So 
it's all about to start shortly, Reagan. So I, I, I'm excited. Can't wait for it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back to wrap up the episode. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So, look, it's been a great episode. Uh, we do want to apologize. Uh, I know Reagan has been dealing with this sore throat uh, for a while now. So, little different episode here uh, as kind of been taking the lead for him. I, I know Reagan usually takes the lead and kind of directs the show. Uh, but we're going to let his voice rest, and hopefully it'll be good to go on Monday when we come back and recap uh, all of the games that the girls played in the NCAA tournament and, of course, uh, the weekend for LSU men's baseball uh, and their weekend series versus Texas A&M. It's been a great show. All the action is about to start here shortly uh, on, on this Friday. Uh, I'm so excited, Reagan. Can't wait for it. any closing comments. I, I, I know your voice is about gone, so any, any final comments before you get to yeah, rest it? What you don't know is I almost died during that break. Uh, <laughs> I was I was literally I came back from the break. You probably couldn't see me wiping my eyes. My eyes were watering. So my my closing comment. I mean, I I just want to see um, the women dominate tomorrow. Today, excuse me. And I really want. I'm really really excited about uh, LSU going on the road to start SEC play. I, I think that's the perfect way to start. Um, and I think it, it lined out perfectly with it being A&M on the road. So I think it's going to be a, a great challenge for the guys. And I'm really seeing how they – they um, really looking forward to see how they open up SEC play. Super excited. All right, guys. Well, this has been episode 101. We had 100 last week. It was a blast. And here's to another 100 starting with 101 tonight. We've enjoyed it. Had a blast. Five-star hero, take us out. Peace.